Yo, what up, pod racers? Are you like me where you sunburn easily? Have narrow shoulders you want to hide from the world? Weirdly small nips? Great news, we have a solution. Original tabletop shirt designs. Reading Rainbow, Dungeon Club, a dungeon in a dragon. Find these and more over at patreon.com slash goblins growlers shirt club at the $25 tier. These are all exclusive limited run designs. We'll never bring them back again. So be sure you get yours by signing up at patreon.com slash goblins growlers. Yippee! Look, I'm telling you guys that it would be the greatest April Fool's episode release of all time. Except for like we've never released clap syncing in an episode. So yeah, nobody. The only people who would get it are other podcasters who listen to us. No, no. I mean, people understand what's going on. Also, we've done clap syncing for last year's live stream and we're going to have to do it again for this year's live stream. So, oh, I, so we should do an April 1st live stream where we just clap sync oh. the whole time. <laughs> this is Quid Pro Roll, a fantasy live play adventure where a party of unlikely heroes embark on a quest to bring dragons back to their world. Well, howdy, listeners. Welcome back to the Daily Crier Listening Show, where all the news and variant and beyond can make its way, well, right to you. Ooh, a lot has happened in the last few, uh, well, time is a bit strange here and there. But needless to say, I'm back at my desk, and don't worry, I won't bore you with the long story of my rescue and escape. Artemis is quite literally a lightsaber. So on to business. Gosh, uh, again, a lot has happened. Party made it all the way back to Oakmill, and despite some cryptic warnings from mushrooms and trees, they press on. But not before picking up some uh, questionable potions of healing and their reminder letter to themselves of, of what to tell Lord Alden about their adventures or misadventures. And with no assurance of making it back out of the impossibly thick mist currently bellowing out of the forest, into the glittering fog they go. Yeah, me too. But until next time, y'all take care now. You all take your first steps into the woods past Oakmel. The mist sort of curling around your legs as if it's grasping for you, but never quite able to get a hold. You're able to see in front of you and navigate the woods, but as you go deeper in, it feels almost like the mist closes around you, as if a wall has formed, trapping you within the woods. Well, I, I think I can see why people had trouble navigating back out after getting into this mess. You can barely Maybe you can see that, Solnar, but I can't see anything. This mess is as thick as pea soup. <laughs> well, I was, I was about to say I can hardly see, like, my hand in front of my face sort of situation. But yes, that's... Uh. I, I more meant uh, metaphorically see 
because phys oh. physically I can hardly see anything right now. Man, I can barely hear you. I can't see you at all. H hello? The mist is so thick that the sound waves are being intercepted. Uh, hello? Hi. Hey, Koza. Where are you all? We're, I'm right here. We're over here. Over, so over are here? We, are we walking around in milk, or can we actually see anything in here? <laughs> so you're not walking around in milk, uh, but it is quite silent hilly. What about pilk when you mix pickle juice and milk? I beg your entire pardon? When you walking, what? Are we walking around in pilk? Like when you mix pickle no, juice and milk? No, 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 that's very clearly not what I'm asking about. I, you talk about pickle juice and milk like that's a thing that people do. Yeah, pilk. Yeah, that's pilk. It would curdle. Well, that's part of the yeah. fun. Yeah. It's a cheese. It's pilky. It's pickle cheese. All right. Uh, you all can't see this, but Alex's face looks so horrified and nauseated. It's it's pretty magnificent. She looks like she just chugged some pilk. <laughs> <laughs> it looked very uh, looked very gopher like. Also, uh, I tasted sour milk for the first time in my whole life. Uh, don't recommend. Oh. Zero out of ten. Yeah, you want to have the sweet yeah. milk. Yeah, it's yeah, a bad yeah. time. Mm. Yeah, it's if, uh, if you're gonna have the sour got milk, got through thirty years, never had to deal yeah, with it. Yeah, uh, we need to move on, or Pyramid Head's gonna find us. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we see a path? Can we see anything? Or are you're we just stumble bumming around in here? You're stumbling a little bit, but keep in mind you do have Alita with you, who has lived here her whole mm -hmm. life, and generally seems to be leading you guys. Not like speedily, because she's very clearly also having difficulty seeing, but she's leading you with a confidence that makes you think you're probably not getting lost. All right. Time hey, to follow hey. the leader. Oh, hey, Lita, are we getting lost? Uh, um, I don't think so. Mm, that seems good news. <laughs> it's just. The woods aren't. How do I describe this? They're not warm. Hmm, like a human. Well, like the way they're kind of talking and the way things kind of are in here. They're, they're talk like they're talking to you. I mean, kind of not like they used to. What what are they? What do they feel like they're saying? Nothing relevant. Some of these trees I've had growing, like I've I've been around them since I was a child, and it's like they don't know me. So the the trees themselves are having memory problems. I don't know what it is. It's just they're they're talking like strangers, and and again, I want to be very clear. I'm not like. I'm not hearing voices. It just they there's there's a Koza, you talk to mushrooms, you know what it's like. Do I see any mushrooms around? Oh yeah. You do. But they were like last time they were really not not great sounding. Well, well when I when I talked to the the the, the Queen of Spores earlier, yes she sounded like she was struggling too. What did she say to you? 
she said, um, things are not as they appear. Oh, so it's actually a clear day. That's frustratingly vague. I, I guess so, but maybe there's something we can learn about from it. So, as you guys continue walking, you're. I need you all to roll either a perception check or an arcana check, whichever is higher for you. Well, that's an easy choice for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one. Oh my god. Honestly, Bo, you feel like the woods are fine. There's nothing going on. It's just a little misty. It's that just, happens. Just a little misty, just a little foggy. It's just sort of an overcast morning. It's fine. Happens. I got a 15. All right, Koza? You said perception was one of the options? Perception or Arcana, whichever is higher for you. Oh, that would be a 10. Okay. Johannes? Oh, I didn't roll because I have good uh, in neither. I'm negative in both, so I don't feel like I have very passive. All right, it's up to you, Solonar. Solonar, you're going to notice as you are traveling through these woods that the feeling of, like, magic and whimsy that you remember feeling in this space is gone. There is a feeling of magic still here, but it is something wild. It is something completely different from this safe sort of fairy tale like magic you remember being here before this is something feral almost y'all do y'all remember those uh those little floaty lights that we saw last time we were here yeah a little bit the bush lanterns I don't know if this is like a gut thing or if this is a I'm more in touch with magic thing, but it it sort of feels like the the little magic floating lights creatures have been eaten by the woods. Like that's kind of the general theme I'm feeling here. What do you think that means? I think that means we need to be careful. Mmm because whatever's out here is not a friend. I mean, honestly, the sooner we can get to the glade, the better, because I'm presuming that the barrier for the glade has kept everything else pretty safe. Is that a reasonable presumption? Or is it a hopeful one? Lord Alden's kept the glade safe for a very, very long time. I can't imagine that it's the same as this. But have you ever seen this before? I don't even know what this is. I think I think we need to act as though everything's on the table here. If strange, unseen things are happening, we need to be very careful. What do you think this is, Bo? I have no idea what it is, but you've lived here for a long time, and you've never seen this before. Uh, we're stuck in this, this soup walking through here. Um, <laughs> soup. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame Eek's not here. <laughs> um, I just think we should be super careful. Make our way toward the glade, but we just gotta be at the ready. Alright. 
you're going to continue through the pads, winding around in such a way that you're pretty sure you've taken a couple wrong turns and then had to loop back around. You're stumbling around this mist for about two hours or so before, Solinar, you're gonna notice that not too far away from you is this distant pair of crossed trees. Say, I think, not a hundred percent, but I think that's the X marks the spot trees right over there. What's that? Oh, uh, one of the times we were here as we were leaving, we noticed these two crossed trees and we were like, oh, there's probably treasure underneath that. We don't really have time to look at that right now. We'll have to come back and dig up that treasure. So I've got, I've got a note here that we need to come back and dig up. I feel like now is probably also not the time, but I also, I don't know. It, it, it sort of feels like maybe never will be the right time because we're in the middle of so much important stuff. I'm a little confused. Why, why did you think there was treasure there? Well, because X marks the spot. X marks the spot on the maps. Reasonable. It's a tree, though. Like the, well, the tree just grew that way. It's two trees that grew that way, indicating if I, treasure. If I look around, do I see any other trees that could be conceivably in an X shape? You do not. These two trees have grown in a way that is very distinct. Oh, uh, well... I guess it actually is rather distinct. Wait, so I'm a little confused. Do you think it's important? Yeah, I think think there's probably treasure buried in the path right there underneath those two trees. But I know for sure we passed under those trees on our way out of the glade. So going back under those trees should take us into the glade, right? Makes sense logically. Well, let's let's take it easy. We want to make sure we don't lose any wheels. So, are you going to further investigate the space under the X tree? I think Solidar should be the one to go check it out. All right, I'm on it. And Solinar rides ahead a little bit. Uh, Midnight isn't really able to clippity clop the way that one would expect. She is very sort of gingerly moving her hooves so that she doesn't twist her ankle on anything. Yeah, I figured... She's very much in the trees at this point. I figured we were at a trot at the highest. You get up to the crossed trees, and it is as you remembered it. There is the crossed trees and the soft earth beneath it. Hmm. does feel like if we just keep going back and forth and saying we'll someday come and check. We'll never really come back and check. Solonar pulls out, it's not really made for digging, but he pulls out his crowbar. Not his bros before crows cacaw crowbar of lock strengthening. His regular crowbar. <laughs> Important. Uh, and he uh, tries to use it to do a little bit of light digging at the spot directly between the two cross trees. So he's hopped off of midnight. So he's officially digging or is he just searching around? I mean, he's kind of he's kind of digging, but he's using a crowbar to do it. So I imagine it's not terribly efficient digging. So the earth is soft. It actually feels 
as you as you strike the earth, you see that the mist has obviously settled and absorbed into the ground to a certain point, as as anything would. You notice that where you strike the earth, it's still soft and it's still yielding, but there's almost a sharp sound as you strike the earth, despite it yielding underneath your crowbar, that sounds as if you're hitting metal. Uh, Whoa, Solanaya, did you already dig it up? I didn't think it'd be so close to the surface. And Solanaya- Oh, I want to be very clear. It's like you're digging through coins, audibly. Solinar uh, sinks his hand into the earth to try and feel whatever this metal thing is and maybe like brush dirt away from it. So you're able to dig down and you get to about your elbow sort of shoveling around before your hand clenches around something. You cannot for the life of you figure out the shape, only that there are sharp, like not sharp edges in the sense that like you're grabbing a blade, but as if you're grabbing like a sharp rock. So kind of kind of pointy-ish sort of deal. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. trying not to, of course, injure himself on whatever this object is, Solinar is going to try and like gently clear dirt from around it and then get some sort of leverage so he can pull it up. You are going to pull up what at first feels like a fistful of jewels. Upon further inspection, you realize that these jewels seem to be growing out of a small humanoid skeleton, maybe like four inches tall, somewhere around. The bones themselves have crystallized completely and coming off of it as if it is sprouting fruit are various stones Red, purple, blue, pink. All of them glitter. And if you gently pop them, they will come off as if you are picking grapes off of a vine. No, no, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, Solinar is not going to be popping gems off of the whatever the hell this is. He's going to very gingerly set it on the ground, take like two or three steps back, regard it with high suspicion, be like, I, I don't know what that is. I, I don't trust it. I, whatever, whatever that is, I don't trust it. Is Arcana or Nature more appropriate for trying to understand what the hell? Arcana is going to be better for this okay. one. Okay, he's going to take a shot at uh, rolling Arcana to figure out. Yeah, ignoring that you have a literal magic expert with you that you could ask. Uh, I don't. This is completely outside my realm of knowledge. Could somebody somebody come look at this and maybe hopefully have a little bit better insight? Because uh, I, I can't really make heads or tails of it. Uh, that's an 11. Yeah, your assessment's pretty on point. <laughs> it sounds like you might need to fr- uh, phone a friend. No problem, Solonar. My magical knowledge is second to everybody's. <laughs> Good on you, Johannes. Mm-hmm. I, I need to be clear here. Do you consider Kosa a magical expert? Yes. <laughs> I He's hate to break it to you. <laughs> <laughs> He's a scholar. He doesn't like <laughs> he doesn't do magic study. This is like he this is like saying knows more magic about magic than most of y'all. 
My uh, plus is, one Arcana. <laughs> yeah, Solinar's got a higher Arcana score than you know uh, Koza does. Oh, that's sad. Alita might know more than anybody. I don't know. I rolled, and this is could be very unrelated, but it was uh, more what I was trying to roll. A uh, 14 oh. religion. Don't ask what an Arcana score would be, because I wasn't trying. I was just seeing if religiously I think there's anything up with this. <laughs> is it I don't undead? even know how to translate the info of this thing to religion. It might not. Other about- than... Uh, so based off of the teachings of soon, it is something that's very pretty, but it's uh-huh. also something that's very unsettling. Mm. Mm. I got a bad feeling in my gut and a good feeling in my uh, eyeballs. I re- what about a, a 16 Arcana from Boat? <laughs> Boat, interestingly, you will actually know of a folktale. A magic expert. It's a good <laughs> thing we got one. Yeah, thank yeah. God it's Boat. <laughs> hey, um, hey. <laughs> Every time he gets into the ring, it's pure magic. Upward inflection of the uh, void. That was that was very clever, Brandon. I liked that. Mm-hmm. Oh no, uh, we we should be really careful here. I once at the monastery heard a folk tale about something like this about a fairy you can bury in the ground and they'll grow gems out of themselves. Oh, um, I'm putting this back. We're not messing with fairy magic. Yeah. Yeah, we don't. I don't think we really want to mess with this too much. Uh-uh. Nope. Nope. Solonar nope. starts digging. Nope. Do I know anything else about it? Do I know any more details? Like, is it like if I take the gems, then the skeleton's going to hunt me down? Is it like that Japanese demon that cuts your mouth uh, or something? OK, thing number one, the Japanese uh, ghost that cuts your mouth doesn't do it because you've taken anything from her. Well, yeah, because you tell her she's pretty, but... Uh, there's a lot to unpack on that one, but no. Yeah. Um, so, interestingly, you have heard of people being fabulously wealthy after selling the jewels, and you don't remember hearing anything else. There was no warning in this folktale that you recall. If I don't remember hearing anything else, so that's not... I heard about these people getting really wealthy from selling the gems and then nothing was ever heard from them again. <laughs> no, it's not a nothing was ever heard from them again. It's mm-hmm. the the end of the folktale. The story came after the person got fabulously wealthy. OK, I love the folktales where it's like, hey, pick the gems off the ominous skeleton hand. Yeah. You're rich forever. <laughs> yeah. Rob the dead and take this back and benefit from it. So clearly also, this is a British folktale. You also remember, <laughs> Boat, that it takes a very long time for these gems to form, and it is normally known as a test of patience. Mm, so it's somewhere in it's somewhere just slightly faster than diamonds. Um uh, yeah, these things could be really rare. They could really fetch a really good price. But unless we're really willing to kind of roll the dice here on something happening to us, I'm a little bit nervous about this. Uh, maybe maybe if we'd stumbled upon this in a regular woods and not a milk soup woods, <laughs> then I would I would be perfectly willing to take one of these. But there's just too much strange things going on here. Listen, all I know about fairies in general is that uh, if you take things that belong to a fairy or you get a favor from a fairy, like 
then you know you're minding your own business three years later and you wake up in the morning and there's an entire crowd of fairies and they're like we're here to eat your house and you're like well i what no you can't you can't do that you i need this house and they're like sorry but you took our thing three years ago we're eating your house right now and then they eat your house and then you don't have a house because they ate it Yeah, that's what fairies are. They're specific and weird, Alita. It's true. It's true. Fairies uh-huh. are specific and weird. Um, I'm gonna. How how big is this again? It's like four inches. Oh oh, oh, that's really small. I. What did you think it was a whole human well, skeleton? I maybe it was like, I don't know, like two feet tall or something. Three apples high. <laughs> Not even. This is like an apple high. It sounds like. So it's like this big. It's like, you know, a human hand. It's a big length. apple. Mm, the big apple. No, get New York out of here. <laughs> um, I, I think best course of action is we put it back where we found it and we never speak of this again. Did anybody move it? Of course I moved it. I had to. Okay. I, I was digging around in the ground. I felt something oh. sharp. Oh no. Oh, no! But we're not keeping anything. We're not keeping anything. We didn't take anything. I'm putting it right back where I found it. You don't. You don't want to disturb the dead, man. No, not especially not Faye dead. I know that, and I I didn't mean to, and I'm I'm really sorry that I did. I I'm. If it makes you feel any better, I had this fairy tale that I read this one time where it was like this person disturbing the dead, and then they got wealthy and they lived happily ever after. Whoa. <laughs> I mean that's the kind of that's the kind of story I want to be a part of, you know. Yeah. Get fabulously wealthy yeah. and live happily ever after. Yeah. All right, let, let's let's go. Let's get out of here. But throw throw some dirt back on top of that thing and let's go. I'm not I'm not throwing anything on top of anything. I am gently placing this back in this hole that I've just finished digging, and I'm going to gently scoop dirt over it, and then I'm going to gently pat that dirt down. And I'm going to say that I I hope that the rest of this creature is very peaceful and is full of uh, life and or no, not life. No, Uh, peace and rest. Peace and rest is what I hope it's full of. And I'm just going to I'm just going to walk away. Solnar, we had one rule. Don't wish life to the dead. I I have to get rid of them if you do that. As as Solonar, as you stand, you see a small rippling under the earth where you have planted very whatever. Oh, no. And very quickly for what it is, but not in not got to go fast sonic speed. Is going to grow a crystalline flower. The pistol of wit of which seems to contain two drops, more or less. It's a very small amount of a deep red liquid. Is is that is that a healing potion? Hold on. Solinar looks very closely at it. With a two plus anything doesn't really matter. I don't. Uh, so it's red in a vial that is coming out of a crystalline flower. Like, literally, it looks like a Slorovsky crystal flower. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure that that's healing potion. And I think 
that this was all an elaborate test. And so putting the, the gem fairy back, but is this still taking something from a fae? Because I don't do that. That's not a, that's not a thing. But the flower is separate from the body because I buried the body way deeper than this. Solidar, you have you have crossed over into the territory of someone with a bulletin board, push pins, and a big red piece of string. <laughs> Let's get going. I'm gonna I'm going to assume this is a gift, and if it comes with consequences later, I'm just gonna have to deal with that. Cause I'm really curious about this. And maybe it's something cool, I don't know. And so Solonar gingerly takes the red liquid Swarovski crystal vial thing. You're just taking the center vial. You're not taking the whole flower. Not taking the whole flower. Just the vial. I really hope your house doesn't get Roll eaten. a dexterity check for God me. Damn. You're reaching into a pistol. Of course you're going to get shot. <laughs> but don't tiss. You said a dexterity save? Uh, check. Oh, six. So sleight of hand. Oh, sleight of hand? Uh, are you are you sure about that? Yes. Okay, fourteen. <laughs> wow, that's low for you. I rolled a I rolled a two. Good God! <laughs> that's why I asked if you were sure. So you're going to grip the center pistol and pull, and you're going to feel for a moment the whole flower come with it. You're going to feel the pistol loosen just a teeny bit, and then the whole flower is going to come out out of the ground. Uh, You're able to prevent accidentally crushing the vial. This was not what I was trying to do. Uh, you know what else it wasn't? A good idea. Maybe. Yeah. I, uh, I don't... Look, the rules are very specific. You can't take things from the Fae... But you also can't refuse a gift, because if you refuse a gift, you're being rude. And I can't be rude, but I also can't steal. And so, like, there's this whole this whole sequence and network of decisions you have to make. And I, I'm just trying my best. Uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll just... Here, I'll just... I'll remove the bit from the flower very gently, and then I'll put the flower back, and it'll be fine. Everything will be fine. As you fiddle with it, you do see that the thing that seals the vial is being connected to the flower. If you want access to whatever that fluid is, you have to break it off. Gosh dang it. And there is no stopper. Uh, fine. Fine. All right. Fine. I will take the whole flower. Thank you very much for this gift. Thank you very much. And then he places it gingerly in his pack, wrapped up in the uh, spare cloak that he has in there. Wrapping that up and taking it with you, you all go deeper into the woods. You remember this time last time that you could hear voices and giggling and you could feel that you were approaching a place where the nymphs and fairies lived. We could feel the judgment of the alchemy dryad. You could feel the judgment of the alchemy dryad. But there is only silence. Even the sound of your footsteps sounds far away. Everything is muffled, like you're somewhere outside of space and time. 
As you continue on, the mist begins to choke a little. It begins to smell almost like smoke. There is sort of this acrid smell that increases the closer you guys go and the deeper you guys go into the woods. You guys are beginning to feel your eyes burn just a little. Solinar's going to put on his bandana mask and he's going to put on his uh his amber glasses. Are your eyes burning just a little bit? Yeah. I'm, I don't know what's going on, but I'm hoping maybe a little bit of protection will help at least some. Yeah, I'm going to put on my glasses too. It feels like this pilk is flicking lemon juice into my eyelids. <laughs> <laughs> Pilk is gross. Is the pilk damaging my eyes as well? Uh, all of you are feeling the smokiness. Um. Well, I've got, if I recall correctly, do I still have my um, tennis headband? You should, I think. All right, I'm going to Jordy LaForge that over my eyes. How are you going to prevent walking into stuff? I will grab Solinar's shoulder. Okay. And <laughs> I, I guess. And he sure. can lead me. You get, you forget that Boat was trained as a monk. He has heightened senses. He can fight blind. Yeah, I was literally talking about how your sense of like yeah. hearing is going to be messed up because of the, the fog. It's, You're it in goes, trouble, buddy. It goes beyond that. It's the sixth sense, Alex. It's mystical. <laughs> I'm just going to sense when stuff is coming my way and I'll just be able to react. I just want you guys to know that there was a split second where Brandon, the player, looked legit offended that I doubted his abilities. And then I did karate hands. <laughs> yes, you did. It was great. He's ready. All right, Koza? Um, I think the best I can do is take some, like, rags and try to wrap them around my my mouth so I'm not breathing the smokiness in directly. When I think good old smoked pilk. I think you've got amber glasses from the last time we were in the glade as well, because Koza has been to the glade. Okay, yeah, then I then I put those on too. So, as you guys approach, there's a moment where all of the horses and other rideable animals stop. They nicker and shake their heads and like whinny flat ears yeah they flat ears uh midnight's gonna do that like half hop sort of rear all of the animals seem unwilling to go further easy girl easy it's okay we're all right everything's gonna be just fine Oh, hey, my first good roll of the evening. That's an 18 for animal handling. You're going to be able to calm her, but she's still not moving forward. No, that's fair. I was, you know, just trying to reassure. The only one of the animals that doesn't seem to be very distressed, though, again, her ears are back and she seems not herself, is Snuffles. That's because Snuffles knows there's probably some prey up ahead. 
Yum, yum, yum. Uh, All right. Solonars. Do we want to tie up the horses? I don't know that I do want to tie up the horses because I'd almost rather they be able to escape if something comes after them. Hmm. Well, I the mean, horses are on the honor system. <laughs> maybe they'll just wait here for us. You guys want to leave your various mascots to look over them? I mean, yeah, they can. Uh, yeah, they can hold on to the reins and everything. There'll be a separate bridal party that we'll leave here. <laughs> well done. Uh, I mean, Solonar doesn't have a mascot, and we haven't we haven't gotten to the glade yet, so we can't leave Cole with the cart like we usually do. You. You do too have a mascot. You have a magical talking sword. Uh, yeah, Solonar's True. gonna leave Astrid with the stuff. It would be, it would be so handy though because you can use the sword, stab it into the ground, and then use it as a post to tie up a horse. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that will in no way piss her off. Well, she can only talk inside that store, can't she? That you know of, she says that she could talk in a, anywhere that has a very high concentration of magical energy and power. Yo, I'm feeling a very high concentration of magical energy and power inside this pilk. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that should tell me that I should do something, but I don't know what that is. So I'm just gonna keep on keeping on. All right, midnight. Look after. Barnaby. I think Barnaby's going to need protecting. It seems like he'd be in danger in this situation. Specific, but okay. Yeah, we can just leave Snuffles in charge. Uh, Snuffles, you're the oldest, so you're in charge. And the most bloodthirsty. (laughs) And the most bloodthirsty. I mean, she's still connected to the cart, which is probably not a great idea, but... Should we keep the cart safe? If she needs to fight, if she needs to fight, she's going to be handicapped. Should we disconnect Snuffles from the cart? So that if just in case they have to run, they can. I'm untacking her now. I'll help you with that. Got to untack before the attack. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Koza? Um, uh, uh, Bull, Bull, would you like to stay here or keep going? Bull doesn't actually seem to respond other than to look at you and by look i mean sort of tilt its little mushroom form up at you since it doesn't have eyes um because it's gonna place bull between the party and the animals and see which way bull goes bull just looks at koza um i'm gonna keep bull with me i'm a little worried about him i think that's fair bull's Bull's probably only uh, so much help if they need to run away anyway, and we don't want Bull to be trapped in the cart or trying desperately to ride a horse by themselves. It seems seems unfair. Probably best to keep Bull, Bull on Bull trying hand. to ride a horse is a very cute idea. Mm-hmm. Bull, 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 Bull. All right. Is there anything you guys want to do before proceeding forward? Uh... Change. I think we're good. Solonar's going to change into his normal adventuring clothes, and out of this goofy hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's good. I think Boat will do the same thing, but I will leave my Jordy LaForge headband on. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, you change back into your Alarian traveling clothes. Odd thing to do in the middle of the woods at a stop point like that, but okay. Well, the mist is so thick, it's not like the neighbors could see us or anything. That's probably Mm -hmm, fair. mm 
Everybody takes four steps away from the cart so that they can't be seen while they're changing. Mm-hmm. All right. You guys are going to continue forward until you see a very familiar space. You remember this as the threshold of the Glade of the Nymphs. It is unguarded. Entirely. Mm. Is there also no barrier? Whatever barriers that once protected this place are gone. Mm. Well, that's concerning. I guess we better get in there. Uh, uh, we gotta, we gotta see what's going on. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, let's let's go. <laughs> let's let's be quick about it. Uh, okay, let yeah. You walk past the barrier, or where the barrier once was, noting that at a couple of points you see what you think might be fragments of broken weapons and stains on the ground. As you walk into the glade proper, the ground itself is scorched and gouged. Broken weapons and torn armor are scattered around in just a chaotic flurry. Many of the trees that remain are burnt black. The smell of smoke is very strong here, and it appears that the mist, wherever whatever is causing it, is somewhere deeper in the glade. Alita is going to like look around at all this and book it completely towards the back uh, end of the glade. Uh. The mist will swallow her. Oh no, not into the pilk! And Johanna starts running after Alina. Yeah, I think Solinar was going to kneel and check and see if he could recognize the style of armor. But uh, unless he can do that quickly, then he is also going to end up sprinting off just behind Johannes to try and catch up with Alita. I'll let you, I mean, I'll let you roll to determine the armor. Okay. What would you like to roll for it? Uh, I feel like this would either be investigation or history, depending. Let's do investigation. That would make the most sense to me. Dirty 20. Dirty 20. All right. So some of the armor you're able to tell was made of wood and leaves and anything that you could naturally find in the forest. And some of it glints gold. Gold's not a common Alarian or Talarian armor color that Josh recalls. It is not. And I would assume that Solinar is also conscious of that. I would believe so, since you are conscious of that and you don't live in this world. Who the hell makes gold armor? Wait, Alita! Don't just run off. I also want to be very clear. The armor itself is not solid gold. <laughs> Does, uh, can, can I roll a history check to see if Boat recognizes this since he's been all over the place? Absolutely. All right. I lift up my, my eye guards. <laughs> what does a 22 get me? A 22 is going to get you a decent amount of knowledge, especially because you're going to find some plating that is absolutely no question, part of the Borean army uniform. That was right. Um, all right, guys, we got we got trouble here. Sounds like we know where the Boris Empire was lurking around. Uh, I think 
as you're saying that, Solinar and Johannes are they're gone. They're already running. Yeah. Well, I had my <laughs> I had my eye thing down. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he says that, then he looks around wondering why nobody has said how smart he is. Yeah. Um, what does Koza say? Trouble, trouble right here in in Glade City. <laughs> oh, we got trouble. You do it. You do it all right there, Chapman, buddy. <laughs> With a capital T, <laughs> trouble. <laughs> um, uh, Koza is gonna see them take off and take off after him. All right, so boats alone in this what destroyed village? I think it's a chain of people taking off, and unless boat really does like as everyone takes off, be like, well, I'll I'll ramble on over there at some point. <laughs> Boat's, boat is absolutely the kind of adventurer in translated into the real world from video games who goes the other direction so that they can get whatever chests are hidden before they continue to the main plot. Uh, that is exactly how I play Skyrim. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine how I got that vibe. Um, all right. So Boat noticing uh, that he stopped short of monologuing in front of nobody. Uh, takes off in that direction as well. As you guys, all three of you, Johannes, closer than all of you, than the rest, as you run through the fog, it sort of like speeds past you because it's getting thicker as you go. And a bit before you reach a point that you think you're almost there, you hear a wail. Just a blood-curdling, soul-shattering wail of despair. Solinar's drawing attention with the assumption that this is a banshee. As you run through, you're going to hit a point where the fog is going to clear just a little bit. And it's in the space that you remember Alden taking audience. And you see all of you as you arrive. Two notable things. One is Alita, who is on her knees, despondent. And the other thing that you see is the body of Lord Alden. Long, long gone. The mist is the remains of his body dispersing. Whatever he was, whatever he is, is returning to the weave.
Quid Pro Roll is a co-production of Alpha Comics and Games with Goblins and Growlers. Our audio production and all original music composition is provided by Gabriel Perez. He can be found at Amethyst Audiomancer on Instagram. The voice of Alita and our DM for the podcast is Alex Smith. She can be found at Alpha Comic Games on Twitter. The voice of Charles Gravyboat Barnes is Brandon Dingus. He can be found at Way of Brandalore on Twitter. The voice of Eek and Koza are Chapman Adams. He can be found at What Are Birds on Instagram. The voice of Johannes is Alan. He can be found at The Dungeon Meowster on Instagram. And finally, the voice of Solinar is me, Josh Maltby, and I can be found at BlackCloakDM on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. Boof. Have you ever seen a dragon die? It's not a very good sign. It's not a very good sign. <laughs>